Welcome back to the 18th Century Podcast, I'm your host CJ. In today's episode, we'll be going over the life of Catherine the Great. I thought this was appropriate to make this episode now, given the fact that HBO is releasing a miniseries about Catherine the Great, which comes out this Monday, October 21st, 2019. I am not endorsed by HBO. If you'd like to read the script for this episode and its citations, go to 18thcentury.home.blog. That's 18thcentury.home.blog. Type the numbers, don't spell them. Let's kick things off by taking a look at Catherine's early life. Catherine was born on May 2nd, 1729, but her name wasn't Catherine at the time. Her birth name was and I apologize, I'm going to mispronounce this, Sophia uh, Frederick August, and she was born in Stettin, Prussia. I believe Stettin is now and currently in Germany. Her father was pr- uh, the... Her father was a Prussian prince, Christian August von Anhalt Zerbst. Her mother was Princess Joanna Elizabeth of Holstein-Gottrop. Why do they always have to make these names so difficult? Alright, so though her family was royalty, money was sparse. She would be educated by a French governess, among other tutors. Her education was common for a person of her rank. She was instructed in French and German. She also had lessons in history, music, and religion. She was brought up in the Lutheran faith. She would first meet her future husband, who also happened to be her second cousin, when she was 10. This meeting took place as a political arrangement by Peter III's uncle, Empress Elizabeth of Russia. Sophia did not like Peter III on their first meeting, as she found him to be detestable. Empress Elizabeth took a liking to Sophia, though. Sophia would travel to Russia in 1744 with the prospect of marriage to Peter III. The reason for their union was pure politics. It was an arrangement between Frederick the Great and Empress Elizabeth to strengthen the ties between their countries. Sophia would learn the Russian language and do it with a fervent passion though her accent would remain foreign. She became near fluent in the language. In March of 1744, she did suffer a bout of pneumonia, but it didn't keep her down for long. In 1745, Sophia would convert to Eastern Orthodoxy and receive the new name Catherine. Her father disapproved of her conversion as being a devout Lutheran himself. The day after Catherine uh, converted, she formally married Peter III. Their marriage ceremony took place on August 21st. Her father would not travel to Russia to attend the ceremony. After their wedding, they settled into a palace. Their marriage wouldn't go down in history as a happy one. Peter would spend his time making people act out drills, playing with toy soldiers, and chasing women. He was a pretty childish man. He supposedly had a consort. Catherine was rumored to have multiple 
consorts herself, but she also enjoyed passing the time by reading. The pair would produce a son who was welcomed into the world in 1754. He was named Paul and would become a future Tsar of Russia. Unfortunately for Catherine, her son was taken from her almost immediately after his birth. He was to be raised under the guise of his grandmother, Empress Elizabeth. Catherine was allowed to see her son briefly during his christening a month later, and then again six months afterward. Peter had little to no interest in being a parent, but from what I can infer, Catherine did. She would produce another child, and this time it would be a daughter, Anna, who would tragically die an infant in 1757. She would produce one more son, Alexei. Then in 1762, Empress Elizabeth died, leaving Peter III to take the throne. In 1762, Empress Elizabeth died, which then Peter ascended to the throne as the Tsar of Russia. Catherine and Peter III moved from their winter palace to St. Petersburg. Peter III had a fascination with Frederick the Great, but his fascination seemed to alienate some of the Russian politicians. He changed sides in the Seven Years' War, allying himself with his once enemy, Prussia. Catherine wasn't a big fan of her husband's new policies either. There was a dispute between the Duchy of Holstein and Denmark over a province. Peter III started to gear up for war against Denmark over this dispute, but he didn't find much support for it in the capital. Many politicians viewed the possible war as unnecessary and a waste. Along with disgruntled politicians, Catherine hatched a plot to overthrow her husband and take the throne for herself. During July of 1762, Peter III took a holiday along with his Holstein-born courtiers and relatives. He was just about six months into his reign at this point. Catherine and her co-conspirators plotted the whole time, but their plan would have to move quicker than they thought. On July 8, 1762, Catherine is woken in the night being informed that one of the conspirators has been arrested. The time to act is now. Catherine raced out of the palace and made her way to a regiment of soldiers. She gave a speech asking for their protection, and they swore fealty to her. The regiment followed her as she made her way to the Sermonsky barracks, probably mispronounced that, where members of the clergy were waiting for her. The Orthodox clergy ordained Catherine as Empress of Russia. Now with military backing her, and the clergy, and some members of the state, she had everything in place. The only thing left was for Peter III to formally abdicate. Under Catherine's orders, Peter III was arrested and he signed a document formally abdicating. On July 17th, Peter III was killed. He reigned for about six months in total. It is not known if Catherine had a hand in his death, but now everything was in place for Catherine to rule, and she is now the Empress of Russia. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll discuss Catherine's time as Empress. Don't go away. Welcome back. 
Catherine's reign would bring Russia into a golden age. She was an advocate of the Enlightenment and implemented its ideas into her rule, yet those ideas would be set in the years to come. One of the uh, first acts as Empress was to recall the troops sent to fight Denmark, which prevented a war. This was a popular decision among the military at the time and granted her more of their favor. Under Peter, church land was seized. Catherine returned the land to the church. However, later in her reign, she would nationalize the church. She attempted to model herself after Peter the Great. Uh, he was still a popular figure even after a few decades since his passing. She would also push for domestic reform to benefit her subjects. She advocated for a document known as the NACAS, which would have outlawed capital punishment and torture. It also sought to see every man equal before the law. She also attempted to set reforms for the benefit of the serfs, but it wasn't popular in the Senate. She eventually got the NAZAK finalized. What happened next was the formation of the Legislative Commission, which would conduct its first meeting in 1767. No laws were brought forth from this legislative commission, but Russians from across the country got together to discuss matters for the first time in their history. The legislative commission was disbanded in 1768 when war broke out with the Ottomans. But this was triggered by a conflict in Poland. She had made decent gains in Poland and gifted the country to one of her ex-lovers. Russia had a dispute by how Russian Orthodox practitioners were treated in Poland and this led to the conflict. In 1772, the partition of Poland would occur. Her military escapades uh, angered the Ottomans and they went to war with one another. In a way, this was a political blessing. She gained many victories over the Ottomans and established Russia as a military power in the world. She reached a peace treaty with the Ottomans in 1774 and yet again would expand Russian territory. On the home front, however, she would face numerous peasant revolts. The peasants, or serfs, were tied to their owners, essentially being treated like slaves in all but name. Between 1762 to 1769, there were around 50 minor revolts, all of which were put down. This tension would come to a head with Pergachev's Rebellion, which lasted from 1773 to 1775. The serfs had some initial success, but were eventually squashed. The leader of the rebellion was betrayed and captured. He was beheaded in Moscow in 1775, thus ending the rebellion. Catherine's early attitudes of liberalizing Russia were diminished after this rebellion. She wished to rescind the reforms she had made in favor of the serfs. During the 18th century, Russia was viewed as a backwoods country with outdated ideas. Catherine sought to uh, bring Russia back into the light of her fellow Europeans. She implemented many education reforms and expanded educational opportunities for both boys and girls. In 1766, the Russian Cadet Corps School received some reforms. 
This military academy was more liberalized and began to teach other subjects along with the cadets' military education. On the religious front, she was more relaxed in her personal life, but understood the church as a political tool. The nationalization of the church would help fund the state's treasury. She was more tolerant of other beliefs, though. Not all beliefs, as you'll come to see, but some. In 1773, she passed the Toleration of All Faiths Edict. This allowed Muslims living within Russia to practice their religion openly and build mosques. Though she was a little strict with Roman Catholics, she was more lenient to Jesuits. In her personal life, she was a fan of the arts. As someone who had entertained the ideas of the Enlightenment, she did have a correspondence with Voltaire. In her final years of life, Catherine grew more and more conservative in her views, ditching her earlier liberal views when she was younger. In 1785, she issued the Charter of the Nobility. The Charter would grant more power to the nobility, which was a reversal of what she wished to do accomplish in her younger years. During the same year, it was declared that Ju the uh, Jewish population was foreign. Taxes would be double for the Jews within Russia. In 1794, she declared Jews to have no relation with the state of Russia. Her relationship with her son Paul was poor, and she favored her grandchildren more, in particular her grandson Alexander, who was also the eldest grandson. As she grew older, her mind remained active and did not falter. She would see one more war in her life, this time with the Turks or Ottomans. They declared war on Russia in 1787, and the fighting would last four years, resulting in a Russian victory and expansion of territory. In the 1790s, there were rebellions from Poland, but the country was eventually annexed out of existence between Russia and her allies. As time dragged on in the 1790s, Catherine would grow more and more concerned with her son Paul. She uh, viewed him as emotionally unfit, and this might liken back to her late husband, Peter III. She preferred her grandson Alexander to be her heir, but she did not have time to make him the official heir of Russia. Because on November 17, 1796, Catherine the Great died of a stroke. Catherine was a towering figure of the 18th century, and truly one of the greats. I found her story fascinating. The Again, the HBO miniseries on Catherine is premiering Monday, October 21st, 2019. I am not endorsed by HBO. I'll probably watch the series, and I might make a review uh, of it once the series is finished. Um... I think you guys might enjoy that. Maybe I'll do one on 18th century media, maybe some books or television, just giving my initial thoughts on the entire subject, because it is pretty interesting when we see more material come out of the 18th century from media, and I honestly love it when it does happen, and we're kind of getting into an age of sort of a historical revivalism within film, and I'm pretty excited for that.
The script and citations for this episode and all other episodes can be found at 18thcentury.home.blog. That's 18thcentury.home.blog. Type the numbers, don't spell them. If you'd like to support the show, please share it and leave a review. I've been your host, CJ, and thanks for listening to this episode of the 18th Century Podcast. Thank you.